Hi, you're listening to The Humans We Are with Carola, episode number nine. Hello, my lovely human friends. What's going on with your human? You know that my mission here is to help you get more intimate with the human you are so that you can take better care of her, love her more, more unconditionally, and also help her create anything she freaking wants. Over here, I am exploring about my hormonal health. You know, I'm 47 years old and that puts me in perimenopause. I've been reading and listening to Dr. Sarah Gottfried. She has several books and I just read the one titled Women, Food and Hormones. I think that's her most recent one. And I am now reading one called Younger. And it's about a, a program to reset your genes and reverse aging and turn back the clock 10 years. I mean, who doesn't want that? By reading, I mean listening, by the way. That's how I can consume up to five to six books a month. And if I had to actually read them, I don't know that I would be so fast. I recently joined one of her live Q&A calls. They're super massive. The one that I was in had over 900 people live. So almost like a thousand people, it was wild. And I still got, I, I raised my hand and I was called on and I got my questions answered. I highly, highly recommend to look her up if you suspect that your hormones might be out of whack. Or like if you're a human and you're, I don't know, ages 30 and up probably, she really talks about all the stages of women's hormonal health. And I, I realized that I had never given that much attention or importance to my hormonal health. And I am starting to realize how vital it is to educate yourself and take early measures to prevent unnecessary pain further down the line. And by pain, I mean struggles with mood, pain, like literal physical pain, depression, weight gain, bone loss, wrinkles, stamina, libido, ability to focus, ability to advocate for yourself, um, deterioration in your sleep quality, like you name it, seriously, I'm saying so clearly now how empowering it is as a woman when you understand how your body and your mind or your psyche work together and how you can optimize for maximum well-being. So if this topic is of interest, please let me know. I am learning a lot that I can share and I also might have access to some experts that I could try to bring on the podcast or maybe direct you to other resources. So if that's interesting to you, please let me know. 
I could also just compile a list of resources if there's enough interest. All right, that's what me and my human have been working on. And I have to share that she gets really excited about these things. It's to us, to her, it's not too overwhelming to learn more and to be exposed with information, to information. We love going down rabbit holes and learning everything about a topic. I've always been this way. And you know your human better than anyone. Even if you feel like you don't know yourself that well, if you feel like you don't know your human that well, you still know her better than anyone. And let her guide you. Let her um, tell you, let you know. Let yourself follow her lead when it comes to how much information at a time is manageable for your system to manage. Okay, as a brief recap, in episode 5, I asked you what a life well lived meant to you and offered four tools to help you find your own personal answer to the question. Two weeks ago, in episode 7, I covered the first tool, Value Alignment Check, and last week, we covered the second tool, Using Your Time Intentionally. Today, we're diving into the amazing world of emotions, and I will answer the following questions. One, what emotions are and what they are not. Two, why it's important to learn to feel them. And that might sound weird, like how come do I need to learn to feel them? Like, don't we all do that just naturally? And you will find out that that's not always the case and what you can do about it. And number three is how to expand your capability to feel both pleasant and unpleasant emotions. All right, let's go. So number one, what emotions are and what they are not. So we will say that an emotion is a chemical cascade in your nervous system that manifests as physical sensations in your body as a response to either a conscious or an unconscious thought in your mind, or they can also be an automated response of your nervous system to like a pattern recognition. I am not going to dive too deep here, but for the sake of keeping the episode short, but also giving you enough, I want you to notice these two different natures of emotions in your human, because that's going to help you take care of her and understand her so much more effectively. So I'm going to give you a few examples of these two types so that you can see what I mean. So the type of feeling that is created in your mind by a conscious or unconscious thought is, for example, when you are in a meeting and you're giving a presentation 
and someone keeps interrupting you or maybe they say that there's a mistake in your slides and you react to that thinking this person doesn't respect me and when you think that thought it creates for you a feeling of anger or frustration maybe resentment disconnection etc or this is another example let's say that your child is acting out and you think the thought he or she shouldn't be such a brat or why can't they behave for a change that thought will also create a feeling of again anger frustration maybe shame maybe some guilt or here's another example let's say that your partner comes home out of the blue with your favorite flowers or your favorite chocolate and they ask you to take a minute to they, they want to tell you how much they appreciate and love you and in that case you might easily think like wow how lucky am i they love me so much and i love them too and that will create for you feelings of loved appreciated safe secure confident proud grateful right so what these examples have all in common is that your brain creates a narrative it creates a story an interpretation of a circumstance in other words it creates a thought but that thought is completely optional there are other narratives that could be created in each of those circumstances that would create completely different feelings like for example in the first case when the person interrupted you if the narrative had been wow they really need to make a good impression on the higher-ups they're really working hard on making a good impression which might be also true in that scenario that will create a completely different feeling like for example it might trigger in you compassion you might feel like you can relate to that or in the case of when when your kid is acting out a different narrative that would also make sense in that case and could also be available to you could be something like poor child she's super tired or they, they are hungry and that could create empathy or even love and in the third scenario uh, when your partner comes home and, and gives you presents and tells you how much they love you a person could also get suspicious and think wow they might, must be overcompensating maybe they did something that I don't know yet or more tragically you might think that maybe they have a green diagnosis and that's what prompted the flowers and all the behavior you see there's an optional narrative that creates a certain experience for you about a circumstance and there is always 
one type of narrative that is going to come more naturally to you. But if you take a minute, you will able to identify different alternatives to that one that create slightly or even completely different feelings for you in the face of the exact same circumstance. So that is one way in which emotions are created in your brain. And the second type of feeling is the one that we associate with our gut and sometimes we can also call it intuition. So when you enter a room where other people are maybe in a meeting and you can feel that tension instantly or when you're walking home at night and you hear steps closing in behind you and you immediately feel that you're in danger, for example. That's not the same case as in the first um, type of emotions. This is more like your nervous system acting as an antenna, as a detection system that helps you take action more quickly and, and get into those fight or fright or freeze responses. Okay, so the main characteristic of an emotion and I'm going to use the words feeling and emotion interchangeably, is that they happen in the body and they manifest as different sensations. And a key aspect is that they come in, in waves and they don't last that long unless we keep recreating them with our thoughts. And one of the main mistakes that we make about emotions is to think that they happen to us as a consequence of a circumstance or a change in circumstances. We think that they, um, like something will happen to us in our surroundings and as a reaction, we will feel a certain way. And that is the case, but that is also not the whole story. It's just a tiny bit. So you see, I like thinking of, of emotions as skills that we practice and develop. And make no mistake, you have been unconsciously practicing some emotions more than others your whole life. You maybe very easily go to anger in certain situations. Maybe you have a lot of practice at anger. Right, And the more that you practice an emotion, the easier it gets for you to go there. Maybe you uh, can be easily offended because you've practiced that more than other ways of responding to a situation. Or maybe you're one of those people who can feel very easily positive and optimistic no matter what's going on. So emotions are not just reactions to a circumstance or something changing. You can practice and develop them as you would with any other skill. And this goes for both pleasant and unpleasant emotions. The more you practice them, the easier it gets to connect with them and to recall them when it's appropriate. Okay, why is it important to feel them? Let's take a minute and listen to what your own internal wisdom has to say about this. Why does your wise inner self think it's important to feel your feelings? 
I will share with you three reasons that I think it's important. So one is that everything you want in life, everything you do is because you're either chasing a pleasant feeling or running away from an unpleasant one. Everything. You want a promotion at work because you want to feel appreciated. You want to feel successful, competent, acknowledged, recognized. You want a trip to Italy because you want to feel adventurous, romantic, surprised, pleasured, satisfied. Or maybe you want to lose weight because you want to feel proud, healthier, comfortable. You save for retirement because you don't want to feel scared about your future finances and you want to feel safe and secure. So if we are always chasing a feeling, if we want to feel better or less bad, we better practice actually feeling how we want to feel because if we don't, we're actually left just with that initial reaction part of them, as I mentioned before, and we won't know how to milk them, those situations. The second reason why I think it's important is because they are there for a reason and they carry important information and sometimes we call that processing. So they need to be processed. What we mean by that, by processing, is basically just letting the physical sensations that the emotion creates in your body run run their course through your body and sort of like complete that cycle. And the third reason, it's a little bit more out there, but bear with me. I believe that when you came to this earth and you chose to partner with a, with a human body to have this human experience, this is what you did it for, to feel, to experience emotions. And the reason we call some emotions pleasant and some unpleasant is because of how they feel in the body. I think of them as an interface between your soul and your body. And in order to get to know the human you are at a deeper and more intimate level, well, emotions are the key. They hold wisdom and information to guide you in the direction of your purpose, really. And and to know they help you know your truth. Okay, finally, how to expand your capability to feel them, both pleasant and unpleasant, or as some other people call them, positive or negative. I don't really like that way of calling them. I am going to share with you one tool, one exercise that I love doing myself and with my clients. And it's also a client's favorite And you can apply this exercise to any emotion, both pleasant and unpleasant. Okay, but if you're like most people, you're going to notice way more opportunities to apply this to unpleasant ones. But don't worry, because no matter what emotion you practice with, when you expand your capacity to feel, 
or as I call it, when you expand your container to hold emotion, you can hold more of any emotion. So even if you practice your capacity to hold, let's say, frustration, for example, as you do it, your capacity to hold joy, passion, hope, gratitude, contentment, etc. will increase as well. Okay, so I will share this tool in a separate uh, recording. I will share it as a bonus episode on this podcast because I want you to have it accessible when you need it as many times as you want to use it without having to come here to this episode and find the the point the minute in the in this episode where it starts but i want to stress that what i'm going to share this guided meditation is just one way to do it and many of you some of you will already have some favorite ways that you used to process a difficult emotion. So a few examples of what it could look like are journaling about it or dumping your thoughts on paper, going for a walk uh, or for a run or doing any other sort of physically extenuating activity, meditation, any type of meditation, talking with a friend or a family member that you trust, taking a bath, spending time with a pet. So don't take what I'm going to share in that separate recording as like the right thing or the right way to do it, the right tool to use. Just use it as one more tool to have and explore what your human might like, what helps your human process and finish those cycles of feeling a feeling and and noticing all those sensations that it creates in your body without ignoring them, without pushing them down. And that's why I mentioned at the beginning that it might sound weird to talk about learning how to feel them or even expanding your container to hold them. But the truth is that nobody teaches us this. And unconsciously without any um, ill intention what is normally modeled to us from our caregivers or our parents or loved ones or friends or society in general is to push emotions down to put them on hold to ignore them to not show them to not even let them be felt by us so that that is why it is so important that now you teach yourself how to feel them okay that is all for now as i said before look for that extra bonus recording where i'm going to walk you down this brief process to fill them and expand your container and rest assured that when it comes to emotions we will be definitely revisiting this topic in the future for sure i want to thank all of you who have shared the podcast with a loved one and for those of you who haven't yet 
If you like this episode, it's likely someone you know will like it too. So please share it with that human that you love, that you think might benefit from it. Do it now. Do it now that you are here. And please, if you haven't already, leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Also do it now because you know that later you might forget. That is super helpful for the algorithms and it helps show the show to more people who might like it too. Today, I want to acknowledge the person who left a five-star review by the name of MSTPER. She titled it Wonderful Podcast and she says, Carola is a great coach and I appreciate her sharing her insights on her podcast. Thank you very much for that five-star review And thank you for reminding me that I don't think I've mentioned it here in the podcast before that I am a life coach and I am taking new clients. So if that's something that you want to explore, please reach out to me and let's talk about it. You can do so at carolafuertes at gmail.com. Just send me an email and we can take it from there. If you haven't been coached by me ever before, I'd love to answer all of your questions about how that would look like and if you wanted to take that step, what would need to happen. And if you have been coached by me before in any of the programs that I've coached in the past and you're interested in a maintenance session or just like a one-off type of thing, head over to my IG profile at Fortes Carola. IG is Instagram, by the way. And you will find there in my bio a link to a limited time offer designed just for you if you've been coached by me before. Next week, we will have the final episode of this Life Well-Lived series. And I will be talking about building a favorable predisposition towards yourself that's not something that we do naturally so that you can give yourself the benefit of the doubt you can trust yourself have your own back and so that it's accessible to you to be loving kind respectful and gentle to yourself every step of the way okay that's all for now my lovely human friends i will talk to you soon and in the meantime notice an emotion that your human is struggling to process and or maybe is feeling uncomfortable with and use that bonus guided meditation to process it and to make more space for it also be kind to yourself and others more than you think And that's all, my lovely human friends. Bye-bye for now.